You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, let's just do an Ask an Aggies. There's not a lot of news coming out about Texas A&M football, Texas A&M basketball, Texas A&M baseball, even for that reason. So let's just get your questions answered, talk a little bit about the future of the program for both basketball and for football, and let's break stuff down. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. My name right down there below for those of you watching on WFAA.com. I am the host of the show. I love public feedback and I love getting to interact with you guys. So give me a follow, give me a shout out, what you want to hear, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify. If you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at lockedonpodcast.com. So for a lot of you out there probably wondering, why is this a weird setup? Simple. I am actually back at my parents' house, uh, my own hometown, watching my parents' dogs while they are in Turkey. So it is a little different. I am in the office bedroom area that was my brother's room. It's always fun to kind of go back and see you know, where you grew up and kind of get that sense and feel of it. So if you see something different, that's what it is. I'm sure that you'll see a dog walking behind me at some point, and that'll be really fun. For those of you listening, I have a golden retriever. So follow me on social media. I post about him all the time. I mean, that's kind of it. Let's get these Ask and Aggies questions out of the way. We're just going to start off today talking about Texas A&M football, moving to basketball, and we'll move into a little bit others. But I would be remiss if I did not bring up yesterday being MLK Day. Now, Martin Luther King Jr., a pioneer and activist in the civil rights movement, played such an influential role in the lives of African Americans and segregation back in the 1960s. It has been over 50 years since he was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. And again, I don't get political. I choose not to do that. I think that what this podcast is and what the world is today is this is your escape from it. So I'm not going to get into it, but I will say that Dr. King's legacy needs to continue to develop and continue to grow into what it has slowly become. And we need to remember the message of what it is in today's society. We are all created equal. We are men and women choose chosen by whatever power out there. I'm not going to get religious either. Whatever power is out there to treat another with kindness, respect, and dignity. And we must treat each other the way we want to be treated. That was Dr. King's legacy. That was Dr. King's message about making sure that every single person, regardless of their skin color, would be treated in a poor fashion. And I stand by that 100%. We here at the Locked On Podcast Network stand by that by 100%. Let's get down to some Ask and Aggie questions. First one coming up comes from Aggie1202. What do you make of the team of the players who have not opted out or opted in for the 2021 season? And what are your predictions for them? That's a good question. There's two really big names. There's a few out there as well. I mean, of course, if we're talking about some other names, Trayvon Fuller's one, Keldra Carper's one, but the two big ones naturally are Carson Green and Michael Clemens. Clemens was, before his injury, the league leader in sacks, uh, one of the best in the SEC when it came to pass rush, the best on the Aggies this year in pass rush. And that's a little difficult because of an injury like that does hurt, and it hurts your stock. And in a COVID year, 
there's also, you know, very little film on you. So you have to go off those five sacks. You have to go off of what you did in those first six games that you were active. And then with COVID taking a month away from the team due to, you know, all the other things, I think you don't play in the senior bowl. I mean, you don't play in the orange bowl. You don't play to close out your year against Tennessee. All those things matter. And that's where I think that this is where we're in that conversation with a guy like Clemens. If he returns, what does he gain? Well, he could have a shot to be one of the best pass rushers in next year's draft class. He's a veteran. On top of all that, he already knows how these offensive lines activate in the SEC. And if the SEC does go back to an eight-game schedule, this is a chance for him to boost his status in the SEC West as one of the best pass rushers going into 2020. And you see this every year. You see a guy kind of make a meteoric rise, guy from third round jump into the top 15 conversation. The name that I remember the most is Hassan Reddick out of Temple. He was a defensive end. They moved him to uh, linebacker, and he has struggled at linebacker in the NFL. But as that defensive end, he was great for the Owls. Top 15 pick. Clemens could be that same guy. There's a negative, though, with it. And it's a negative that happens in any single sport. When you return to college, you fight the chance of not just returning to school, but you also fight the chance of having to go up against younger competition. Now, this younger competition maybe isn't as good, but you also have to get them involved. Any single coach out there who does not understand what I mean by this, if you lose them, you're always building for the future. You always have to build for your roster's future. And a guy like Clemens, as good as he is, and as talented as he is, and how detrimental he is, you also have guys like uh, Tyree Johnson. He's not going anywhere. You have DeMarvin Leal, who, in my opinion, is going to be a top 20 pick in next year's draft for 2022. You have guys like Fidel Dix. You have guys like Danell Harris. You have upcoming, you know, incoming freshmen that we haven't even talked about. You can't lose them via transfer because a senior is coming back. So that means that you're going to have to play them, which means Clemens's role will probably diminish a little bit. And on top of all that, what if he his production doesn't match? What if he's injured prone? What if he unfortunately has a season-ending injury that really costs him draft capital? From what I've been told, you know, pass rushers, they are, they always have a shot at making the NFL just based off of being a pass rusher. So no matter what, I do think he will end up in a camp. He won't be like a uh, like a Debony Renfro who goes to a training camp, gets cut, and then has to wait until somebody picks him up to go to another one. But I do sit here and go, okay, let's break this down. If he comes back, there's a lot of positivity for a and future. If he goes to the NFL, that's great. He has a shot to make it. Ultimately, I think he will be returning. I think that's just my gut feeling telling me that he's going to return to the team because of he wants to take that risk about being a top, you know, top 50, top 75 selection. And right now his numbers don't base that. At one point, I think he could have been in that conversation if he would have continued to develop the way that he was coming towards the end of the year. But right now there's just, there's too many holes. So I, I can't go that far. Carson Green, on the other hand, you look at the offensive line, you look at Ryan McCollum going and Jared Hawker going and Dan Moore going, and he could return, but you are going to be the focal point of that offensive line. And the biggest thing is four total sacks allowed by a team. 
They can pinpoint and break down each person. And if you didn't allow a single sack, you're going to get drafted. You're going to move up boards. You're going to be in that conversation. And even though the NFL combine is going to be completely different this year than we've ever seen before, we're not going to have scouts there. We're not going to have people in Indianapolis. It's going to be a very, very difficult transition. The thing you have to take away from all of this is you look on film. I think there's enough to say, okay, we need an offensive tackle. We have a guy who can probably play both tackle and guard. Let's bring him in. Maybe we won't draft him. Maybe we'll draft him in the seventh round, but we'll bring him in. If he comes back next year and A&M says allows 25 sacks, and that's very possible because it's a brand new offensive line, he his stock is going to hurt. So his stock is at an all-time high. They're going to replace already three of the offensive linemen. I think they're going to replace four. I would say right now, Carson Green is going to go to the NFL. I think it's just a matter of moments until we see him make the announcement that I am leaving the program. That's just my personal bet. Janice on Twitter asks, who is your favorite Aggie coming back next year of the returns? It's tough because I want to say Jaden Peavy, but I really like McKinley Jackson behind him. I really like some of the other names that are coming up with him. I think that also with Bobby Brown leaving, it does open up a lane for Jackson to return as a full-time starter. But I'm going to go with Cameron Buckley, actually. The thing with this is there still is not a bona fide number one receiver for whoever's playing quarterback next year. Anaya Smith might be your best bet, and he's going to be a gadget player. He's not your average prototypical you know, wide receiver running back. He's going to be a little bit of everything. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what his role is going to be on this team. And if that's the case, you can't just rely on him to be that guy. Is Chase Lang going to be the guy? Is Demond Demas going to be the guy? Is uh, Hezekiah Jones going to be the guy? Or is Cameron Buckley, who has the most playing experience going into this year, a guy who has the most to gain next year and is perfect in the slot, which by the way, anyone who knows young quarterbacks realizes that the slot and the tight end position are the go-to weapons. Even in the NFL, you know, you look at teams who run a lot of their number one receivers in the slot, it's because they get open the most and they can do more after the catch. Buckley is limited to the slot, which is not a bad thing, but I think that him coming back adds an extra element to a wide receiver group. Demas barely played this year. You, Hezekiah Jones barely played this year. Chase Lane was your main guy. Caleb Chapman is your other one, and he was hurt. You're losing Cam Brown. I don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Preston. He may return. He may end up, you know, after camp go, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to go somewhere else and have my shot. You need that veteran guy for a young quarterback. And no matter who it is, because Kellen Mond's gone, will it be Eli Sowers, who's coming into the program right now? Will it be Zach Calzada, who's been there for two years? Will it be Haynes King? who has been in the program for over a year now because he was an early enrollee, but a COVID year kind of took away everything you want to see from the early success. So you break all that down. What does that say about your quarterback? You need to have those get bona fide weapons that will allow him to achieve early success. Jalen Meyer is going to be one. If Baylor Cup comes back healthy, will be a two. And then you need that slot guy. And to me, Cameron Buckley is that guy because if he has the most experience in a Daryl Dickey and a Jimbo Fisher offense, that's what you need 
for this A&M roster. So Buckley is actually my favorite opt-out, opt-in return. Leon O'Neal is going to be really good, but Antonio Johnson has stepped up big. You're going to see him explode a little bit. Devontae Richardson is still there. Jaden Peavy is still there. McKinley Jackson. Uh, Obi Okawaii is going to be back. I mean, there's a lot of names with these other positions that could step up. At wide receiver, Buckley is kind of the lone man. As in, I believe he could be really good. But at the same time, he's just going to be consistent. And that's really what the selling point is for me with AM. NBA is back. College football has ended. The NFL playoffs are coming down to an end. And more than that, college basketball is going to be at an all-time high, which means betting is going to be in high demand. And the one place we recommend and the one place we tell you to choose is betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag has the best lines, the best bets, and the best offers you can get for all things betting. Go visit them on social media to get the highlight information at BetOnline underscore AG. And make sure that when you use the promo code locked on at BetOnline.ag, you will get a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. That promo code is locked on at BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Start 2021 off on the right note. By winning some money, betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. 2020 is over. 2021 is now here, and the best way to start off the year is by winning some cash to put in your pocket. That's why I recommend you listen to the brand new show, Locked on Bets, with your boy Q and Paramount Sports betting expert Lee Sterling. Q and Sterling have the best lines, the best bets, and highlight information to get you through college basketball, the NBA, and all other sports across this great state, this great country, all across the world if you're really breaking it down. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Moving right along. Next question comes from Daryl Moore on soundcloud okay cool um what are your thoughts of buzz williams at this point basketball is a tough sport guys i i don't really know what to say i and it's not because of i i don't really cover basketball as much as i do football but basketball is a tough sport i mean you look at the the schools with so much talent and a&m is kind of there that's the best way i could put it a&m is not a bad team they're not a great team. They're their team. And there's a lot of teams in the SEC like that. You're starting to see Alabama really step up with Nate Oates. You're seeing Eric Musselman in Arkansas play a little bit consistent. Kunzo Martin and, and uh, Missouri are good. But then you have your powerhouses. You have your Kentucky and you have your Tennessee. And it's John Calipari and Rick Barnes, both of whom will eventually be in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. That's what they will because they're so talented in what they've done with their rosters. Buzz is the right hire because Buzz's culture and Buzz's defensive style of play is going to make the Aggies very, very, very talented in the future. He's going to make them a team to watch for, and he's going to make it a building ground for recruits to come to. It's just going to take time. Emmanuel Miller. And Andre Gordon are great players. They are t- fantastic. Quinton Jackson is a great leader. Savion Flag is exactly what I want in a number two. J.J. Chandler, great off the bench. 
The problem is, is that there's not enough consistency. You look at when Miller's playing hot. Nobody else is playing hot with him. Gordon, the last two games, has had his best two of the season. He's averaged over 25 minutes. He's averaged over 16 points. The next highest was 12. I mean, there's not a second man that steps up at any single time. It's legitimately one breakout star and a couple of supporting characters that really are limited outside of that. So to me, Buzz is the right hire. It's about getting your system to start working at a higher level. And that takes time. I mean, that takes a lot of time. That's something that, you know, it's not just basketball. It's every single sport. You have to find a rhythm. You have to find a consistency. And the good news is, I think Gordon will be here for another year at least. I think Miller will 100% be here for another year. I think that he'd be a junior to go to the NFL, the NBA draft. So you have time to build this roster up. But if anyone out there is saying, well, why are we not winning right now? Simple. There's just a lot of teams that have a lot of good talent. I mean, Alabama in basketball is 6-0 in SEC play. They also had a top 15 recruiting class. A&M was, I think, 30, 32. That matters. In basketball, that matters more than anywhere else. Because in basketball, a recruiting class could be the difference of you having a one year of success or building for something great. So AM, the biggest thing with them is they can build around their, their top tier players. They can build around Gordon. They can build around Miller for years, at least another year. Whereas Kentucky loses so much talent every year, but they replenish every year instead to make up for it. Buzz is just going to need some time. That's really what it comes down to. I think you look at how the SEC is built right now. There's so many talented coaches in there. I mean, Mike White at one point was considered a top five, you know, basketball coach in the SEC. And now he could be actually one of the worst coaches there. I mean, Tom Crean was beloved at Indiana for years and he is struggling outside of Anthony Edwards at Georgia. I mean, that's just really what it is. It's Rick Barnes. It's John Calipari. And every year, it's one breakout guy. I mean, Bruce Pearl was it for a little bit. Guess what? He's gone. I mean, he's at Auburn, and Auburn's having a bad year. Now, don't get me wrong. They're, they're, it's their own fault. But they're having a bad, bad, bad year. Let's say a couple more. Um, who is your favorite player right now on AM basketball? I'm going to go with Miller. Emmanuel Miller just can do it all. He's really good in the paint. He's really good at shooting. He's great at rebounds. The problem is that you're asking him to play outside of his comfort level because you don't have a big man. Last season, Josh Nebo was the guy to really step up and take away all those defensive rebounds. He got it. He got in an opponent's face. He was able to block them out. He was able to get the rebound and start a drive going in the opposite direction. You don't have that this year. Miller is that guy. And that's the problem. Miller shouldn't be that guy. Miller should be the guy who you want on the wing, on the post, to be able to come drive up and get the shot in. Quinton Jackson's the same way. They're bigger guys who play forwards that are best used for shooting and playing their strengths inside the paint. They're not rebounders. They're not supposed to be. But he has to be because of he is the big man. And he's not supposed to be the big man. He's supposed to be your three or your four. He's not supposed to play your five. 
He's supposed to be playing on the perimeter. He's supposed to be shooting more. He's supposed to be able to make plays at a consistent level in shooting. But he has to be the rebound guy because that's what his role is. So to me, he's my number one this year just because of he's so versatile. Even if you don't think that he is versatile, because of he has to be the most versatile player on the court at all times. I'll do one more question before I go. Who is one player that needs to step up for AM? Um, I would go with Savion Flag. Flag has had two double digit points games this year. Outside of that, he's eight, six, four. You gotta get better. You're a senior, you're you're the leader of this team. You're a six man, which again, you actually get the uh, the the second most amount of minutes behind Manuel Miller. But let's just break this down for a second. When you really think about the six man in today's NBA and in today's game, they're really an elevated starter. They're so good that they could start on any other team, but they're best used off the bench because if they fill a role when someone is struggling. And I've seen this all year. Flag comes in a lot for either Chandler or for Gordon. If they're struggling, he'll come in for a coup. He'll come in for uh, Quentin Jackson. And he'll be in for a significant amount of time because of what he can do allows him to be effective. He's he's the best three-pointer shot on the team. He is the best three-point shot. And when you're down by seven, eight, you want him taking that shot. Nine out of ten. And he can get open. He's great at deceiving defenders. He's great with a step back and it's still just not enough. So he's got to step up in my opinion, because if, if you're going to be that six man and you're going to have all those minutes, you have to be better than what you're doing. Let's just break this down for a quick second. Everyone here knows how the story goes. When you have a car, your car breaks down. That's just part of life. It just, it is. And whether you like it or not, you have to take it into the shop. But when you go into the shop, they're going to charge you a big time deal because they have to mail the part to you. You have to go ahead and have it be installed by them and you have to pay a service fee. Why don't you skip half the drama mama and go ahead and let's go locked on to uh, rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of selections from modules to brake pads to taillights, everything you need for your daily driving car or refurbishing an old classic. They have a unique catalog. All you got to do is click on the car the model, the size, and the year, and you will immediately be taken exactly to the right spot. Go visit rockauto.com and type in the how'd you hear about section locked on so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. College football, the NFL are coming to an end. But even though the NFL season is over, it really is never over because the NFL year is forever winding. That's why I recommend you listen to the Peacock and Williamson show. NFL analyst Brad Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson pair up together to give you all the highlight information covering everything around the NFL latest deals, latest trends, latest rumors, go ahead and listen to them and subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. few more questions. All right, let's just go with this one. I hate this one. Um, this comes from Money Main on Twitter. Who's the starting quarterback for AM next year? I brought this up before. I'll bring it up again. It's always off the offensive line. Whoever is the best on the offensive line should be your guy. That's, that's how it is. If you have an offensive line that's best used against the run, I'd go with Zach Calzada. 
because of Calzada is going to trust his run game of Spiller, A-Chain, and Smith to go ahead and be that. If you have a more high-density passing offense, I would go with Haynes King. King has the best arm. King has the most, I think, to gain. I think King's touch and poise and accuracy allows him to make plays deep downfield. If you have a team that is going to be relying heavily on the run because of they cannot pass protect, I would go then with Eli Stowers. Stowers is dual threat option. He was great at Denton Geyer High School. He allows his opponents to try and get him in the backfield, and then he cuts up, uh, goes uh, goes on the on the turnaround, and is able to turn it up the other side to pick up you know maybe 10, 12 yards, keep drives alive. He did that all year. He pretty much was the reason why Denton Geyer was deep into the postseason. And I think that's what you're going to be really looking for for a quarterback is who can do a little bit of both. So to me, it's really just based off the offensive line. If the offensive line is in a really good spot, I would go with definitely Calzada or I would go with King, mainly because of I could keep Stowers, redshirt him for a year, and I wouldn't be able to lose him. If I really want to win right now, and the only way that I can is with a more mobile quarterback, Stowers is the option. Simple as that. Who will be the highest player drafted from Texas A&M this year? Uh, good question. I think it comes down to two. I think Buddy Johnson is going to make a name for himself. I really want to know how this NFL combine is going to work because of if we're just going off film alone, he probably will be maybe a fifth round pick, sixth round pick, something like that. Kellen Mond would be my other guy. You know, you look at quarterbacks, how much they're needed, how much teams are going to go after them. And he's definitely, I think, willing and has proven that he can make it in the NFL as a backup. The question is, can he make it as a starter? Can he be the long-term option somewhere? Can he be a well-rounded backup? What can he do? The senior bowl in Mobile is going to be so important to this team's success that I think that's where we're going to really see what AM could be at the next level. That's that's just my personal opinion. Mond could be a guy who fizzles out really fast, maybe goes to like the XFL, Canadian Football League. If he does really well in Mobile with how the combine's going to be, I believe he's probably going to be QB 7 or 8 drafted in this year's draft class, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's where his line's going to be. You you have your top four. After that, it's really kind of a conversation. I think Mac Jones is in that conversation. I think Kellen Mond's in that conversation. I think Kyle Trask in that conversation. I think Jamie Newman, who was supposed to be the quarterback for Georgia's in that conversation. I think they're all kind of right neck and neck with each other. Jones officially has declared for the upcoming Senior Bowl. So Mac Jones being down in Mobile, working with receivers not named Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, and John Mechie, I think is really either going to hurt or help his draft stock. And Mon's going to be able to work with the same people. And they're probably going to be on the same team. So if Mon shows a better outing at this point, maybe it's enough to push him into that, I don't know, third, fourth round conversation. If not, him and Buddy Johnson, I think are going to be the first two always considered. I think Bobby Brown's definitely going to get drafted, but I would expect him more to be in like a Kingsley Kiki role, late fifth round pick, maybe a compensation pick, go to a team that needs depth on the defensive line. Probably a team like the Houston Texans, a team like the Dallas Cowboys would make a lot of sense to go get a guy like him to fill the void because of what they need for their future. And Brown can play both the nose and the three tech very well. All right, let's do one more question. Who would you hire as the Tennessee head coach? 
I love this question. I really do. I think the best hire for the SEC, the SEC, I'm just going to do SEC because of at the end of the day, competition is so important in the SEC right now. You have, you have to bring in great coaches. I really like Clark Leah. Like Clark Leah, the hire at Vanderbilt was such a good hire in my opinion. Shane Beamer. Yeah. I mean, really, Brian Harson. I want to root for Brian Harson because if he's just proven to be a winner at Boise State, and I love the Boise State culture. But yeah. So who's the guy that I think would bring in the most success there? A lot of people are going to say Hugh Freeze. A lot of people are going to say uh, Gus Malzahn. I would go with Jamie Chadwell, personally. I think Jamie Chadwell, for what he's done at Coastal Carolina, taking this team from the FCS level to the FBS level and saying, hey, listen, we're going into a whole new rebuild. We have to start fresh. We have to build this roster up. We have to make this a team to where we can be successful. It's going to take time. We need someone who's going to be patient. Is Hugh Freeze going to be patient? I mean, at Liberty, he has nothing to really worry about. There's just going to be a good team a year in and year out, and they're going to be, you know, consistently there. But they're never going to have to really have that implication of being successful immediately. And Freeze, because of what he brought to Ole Miss, would be a name that's going to have to step up. I look at the other side of things, and Gus Malzahn. Okay, well, you won the SEC multiple times. You've been to the SEC Championship multiple times. You've been to New Year's Six Bowl games. You've been to a national title. We need you to turn it around. And by the way, you're the only coach besides Freeze that's beaten Nick Saban, and we play Alabama every year on the third Saturday in October. There's going to be such high results, and I don't think that the fan base is going to be willing to take that. A guy like Chadwell gives you time to develop the talent, the players, the success of what we see at the next level, and it allows you to have that kind of break that I think Tennessee really needs. They're going to try and be like, oh, we're going to contend immediately. No, you're not. You're probably the sixth or seventh best team in the SEC East. You're dead last right now in the SEC East, in my opinion, going into 2021. You need a guy who's going to be there for the long haul and a guy who has already been through this kind of process. Chad will help this team get from the FCS to the FBS level. And on top of all of that, he helped them be very competitive in the Sun Belt Division. That'd be my hire. He's there. He's built a program up. He's taken a program from one level of play to the next. That just makes a lot of sense to me. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems, iTunes, Spotify, LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming season for Texas A&M. More specifically, where are the biggest holes on the team? We'll see you then. And remember, take me y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.